0: topic today is finding your style in grappling. The things that you do in gi, are they largely the same things you do in no gi? When should you develop your style? How does that influence what techniques that you gravitate to form your style?
1: Episode 3, welcome back to the Toehold Podcast, the Toehold Show. Ryan here. Mike. Mike. Shaka. We're three. (laughs) The Shaka's back. If you haven't seen the last episode, we discussed some traditions in Jiu-Jitsu. We discussed the Shaka. We discussed the slap and bump. Lots of good stuff. You can go back um, either on Spotify or go back to the previous YouTube video. Wherever you are, we're happy you're here on the Toehold
0: Show with us again. Yeah. Yeah, you can find the podcast on pretty much every major platform, too. So, Spotify's not your jam. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Wherever. Mike's a
1: Spotify guy. Um, I'm not not a Spotify guy, but I do like watching videos on the YouTubes. Yeah. So, so whatever your preferred platform is, you can you can catch the
0: show. We're here for you.
1: That's right. That's right. Thanks to Mike. I give Mike a lot of a props for that. Right, I can give you a lot of props. Like. Yeah. whole
0: production. I mean, look at this. Look at us right now. Look at, we this, got look at this messy studio. Different lighting. We've we've kind of like cleared a few more of the things in between. Yeah, yeah. I've turned my perspective. I mean, we're, we're, we're le- turning into a production.
1: We're learning. We're learning. Yeah, we have production lights this time.
0: Yep. Getting better and better. Not too bad. Well, thanks for joining us today again. Um, should we kick it right in? Let's do this. All right. So Episode the topic, three. The yeah. topic today is finding your style in grappling. Okay. It's a great great thing to talk about i mean because it's probably i mean to me I you can tell me what your thoughts are but like that's one of the coolest things about grappling to me because i mean let's i'm more of a hobbyist i'm not really the competitor right it's not all about the the medals, the wins and stuff like that it's just about like it's the acquiring more and more stuff and like seeing what can i do with it yeah and when can i leverage it like for me that's just been the most fun part of like the whole career of grappling, not not just jujitsu, but like judo and jujitsu. Yeah.
1: And I think that's where <clears throat> that was one of the things that, um, I think I mentioned it to you off camera before, but that's one of the things that attracts me to grappling to jujitsu submission. Grappling is the ability to make the journey your own. Yeah. It's easy to forget, especially if you're focused on, on uh, belts, promotions, whatever it is. For sure. Um, But everybody's, at the end of the day, everybody's grappling is going to be different. There's going to be stuff we all know, but there's also going to be, I mean, that we collectively know, but there's going to be details and, you know, these idiosyncrasies that are just going to be yours. Um, So, yeah, so it's a broad topic, even though it's a specific topic as well. yeah. Let me ask you this right off the bat. So... Did you feel like, as a judo guy, mm. do do you feel like there was as much um, customization, if you will, for your character in judo, or mm. is that more? Uh, is there like much more detailed steps compared to submission grappling, jujitsu?
0: There's definitely more. Um, I don't want to say like creative freedom, I guess, in jujitsu because it's it, like jujitsu so wild you know what i mean like yeah. every day you could go on you can find some brand new thing that you're like what the hell is that I mean, yeah like what i've never seen that before but yet it works you know and then jujitsu guys do that too. yeah we it, send each other stuff like right the, it's just, almost like an intentional like let's see how bad we can break this and then still make it work like, yeah. you know like eddie bravo i mean that's yeah. like his whole thing right i mean he just went like completely like i'm just gonna do everything different yeah and to hell with you guys you know what i mean right like, Right. It works, you know? Yeah. Um, jujitsu just kind of has that thing. Judo is definitely a little more, you know, structured, structured. I mean, there's the set of techniques of the Kodokan, you know, I mean the, the set, you know, throws you do, of course, there's like insane variations of all those, you know, um, like Dennis Zenikov, if you follow on uh, Instagram, he's a really cool guy to follow um, amazing judo. I mean, really, really amazing stuff. And a lot of it's pretty inventive too.
1: Okay, I was gonna ask you that, if it was yeah. amazing because it was inventive or it was amazing because the way he executes tr- the traditional
0: No, it's, moves. It's, it's so crisp and yet like, I watch his videos come across and I'm just like, whoa, that's really I cool. I never thought of doing that throw that way with that particular grip or mm. whatever. Um, but to your question, there is still that customization in judo for sure. I mean, they even have a term for it. It's called Tokui Waza, which is your favorite technique. It's basically uh, what it translates. I know to.
1: Waza because of you. Mm, yeah.
0: yeah. And a lot of the times when you go to a judo place and you're kind of on a higher level, um, you know, amongst other higher level, like black belts and stuff, they're going to be like, so what's your Tokui Waza? I mean, they'll, they'll ask you right off the bat. It's a little cheeky if you ask me. Yeah, like, yeah, So what are you going to hit me with? Right. Like, what am I going to watch out right. for? <laughs> but it's my Tokui Waza is a secret. Yeah. Yeah. It's a secret. Yeah. <laughs> Kimitsu. yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> no,
1: that makes sense, though. I mean, I I think like a lot of, I mean, a lot of guys have their favorite moves, for you sure. know, and it's yeah. that classic cliche of th- to fear the fear the person who not the one who has whatever the quote is ten thousand moves, but the right. one that's done the same move ten thousand times, right? That's yeah. your tokui Waza.
0: Am I saying it right? Yeah, tokui Waza, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's for sure. It's there as well. It's in it's in all grappling. I feel like I mean, even if you. Like, I'm no expert on wrestling, but, like, even if you watch wrestlers, like, they become known for something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's what, I guess, at the core essence of the idea of finding your own style is, like, you know, like, a lot of people just think, like, there's this prescribed set of, like, techniques or concepts, like, we all do. Like, oh, you're a purple belt. That means you know these 50 moves. You're a brown belt. You know these other 20 extra moves, like, and everybody does them the same way. Like, that's not... True at all. You, yeah, you I go think that, to what that, fits you. That's you know? a common,
1: you know, mistake. I, I mean, I remember like early, early, you know, white belt. I thought the same thing too. You know, mm-hmm. you think like that the black belt's the guy who knows, just has this library, and and to to an extent, I'm sure there are a lot of black belts who have a library of moves. For sure, but yeah. you know, that's not necessarily just it. It's like maybe, yeah. you're, maybe it's that they're a master of right a dozen. it's a master of a handful yeah. of things right mastery yeah.
0: of a handful and that's what like i was going to say is it's neat because you'll it, developing a style means you have something that everybody else in the room or at a competition knows that guy's going to do that and they know it and they say watch for it and yet it still happens to yeah. them. like you can still pull it off that's when you know you're onto something you're starting to get into that realm of developing your jujitsu or your judo or your grappling yeah you know? i
1: saw that um to apply that to someone someone well known in the grappling community i saw that at one tournament uh that the tariko plata oh yeah that done has yeah. was everybody knew he was gonna do it i mean he was doing it to everybody right. and nobody could stop it yeah he just kept doing it kept doing it. if you don't know that we can uh look up the Tarico Plata yeah but um say just the same thing yeah. he, they knew he was gonna do it but he did it to him anyway It just happens yeah, yeah.
0: see that's next level is when you get a name move um, you know a move named after yeah. you yeah then then you've really made it there yeah you know what I mean yeah. or like even if it doesn't get named after you think of like you know um Keenan Cornelius right with the whole lapel Wormguard. guard I yeah. mean I mean the guys basically invented lapel guard the worm guard, you know, all that stuff that is just wild. But, hey, and he didn't name it after himself, but it's pretty much yeah. everything in the community says that was the guy who did that weird worm stuff. Worm
1: guard is stranger even than the Cornelius guard, you mm. know.
0: I love worm guard. <laughs> yeah,
1: Mike went down a worm guard uh, rabbit hole, was it, last summer? Love it. Oh, man, we spent a summer just doing the weirdest lapel stuff. And it was so funny because it is very effective in the gi. It's especially, especially tying in, people up tying people up and if you've never if you've have very limited experience with that type of lapel work and stuff you're in serious danger when yeah. you get tied up which is why it worked for keenan
0: it's yeah yeah
1: people hadn't seen it and he was tying people up right it's just weird and unexpected yeah.
0: and like yeah like you said if you don't know what it is and and how it works like it it's it completely shuts down whatever your game what you thought you had yeah. It just makes it so nope can't do that nope can't do that if you, you train try the key, go ahead and go down the wormhole oh the wormhole. the wormhole yeah, yeah it's fun. uh but i mean if you do know it and that's i guess the thing to think too with with anybody's style like that's probably something we'll talk more in depth is like like the Tirico Plata, you said, like, I mean, sir, when something's new, like you always hear the story of, oh, that guy used that technique at this competition. He just ran through until like the very end or he won the whole thing. Yeah. But then people start to catch on. You know, it was like the buggy choke when that first happened. People right. are like, what the heck? And it was working. I would still argue it's still mostly working. You still see people like getting. I feel like you can see maybe people more, like more legitimate subs with it. But now there's, it's starting to catch on. It's kind of accepted. So it's like, okay, how do we counter this? We yeah, that's it. what happened
1: to the whole heel hook phase. It's like yeah.
0: it catches on, it
1: works, and it catches on because it works. But yeah. then people start developing more defense
0: against it. Right. People adapt their yeah. style to yeah. answer other people's styles. I mean, yeah. that's what's so cool about this concept of styles, right, or, or your game, whatever you want to call it, in grappling is that it's always gonna keep evolving. You know yeah. what I mean? Like don't ever think like you're you're done. I've got my style. This is what I do. There will be a core foundation that yeah. is like like you have your things. I you know, I have my things that you're like, Mike's gonna do that. Yeah, like, and I'm I'm gonna do it. But never marry yourself to like no. well, this is what I do. I'm 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 that guy. So I do that thing.
1: And you're gonna go through phases. <clears throat> I think oh, like sure. Like anything. Like you stick with stick with it long enough and it, like anything like if you're a musician like you see musicians go through different fa- phases a lot of times like yeah they have this sound and then people don't like their new sound I like their old stuff like you're gonna do that with jujitsu too where you're like you did a certain thing you were this you were the heel hook guy or whatever yeah. but then you know you're gonna want to try new things you're gonna find new things that work and then it's your
0: your game's gonna evolve too for sure yeah for sure um so let me see let me see what i got from my notes yeah, i think we covered a lot of the intro intro stuff but like yeah like that's the first point i had is like we don't all know some prescribed set of techniques per belt rank right there, there's no encyclopedia that you can be like chapter one white belt these are the things you need to know I mean, sure, there are some gyms out there that have the list on the wall of like, these are the techniques right, to yeah. your first stripe and your second stripe. And you must don't, demonstrate oh, these belt. Oh, man. Things I couldn't operate Luba. under those conditions. I
1: can. I mean, I know there are literal handbooks for that stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I couldn't. I, I don't
0: know. Now, I'm not a big fan of it. I mean, especially for jujitsu. jitsu just feels like, I think I feel like, like I said, that's the thing that makes jujitsu so cool. It just has so much creative freedom to it that you can express yourself however you want. Um, so I don't like being kind of pigeonholed, like boxed in now judo by contrast is, is very regimented. Like it's like, I've tested people for judo ranks and it's like, they've got to do these three throws and right. you know, these three pins and show me this, like, and I have to go through that. I'm, I'm not a big fan of it, but kind of my way of, cause of my influence with, you know, like jujitsu and wanting to have that creative freedom is like when I test people, the last thing I put on the, like the practical exam is what's your Tokui Waza. Show me that. Oh, like, I'm not going to tell you do, do this, do this, do this. I want you to show me what, what makes you excited, what you identify with. I like this for whatever reason. It feels good. I I just like it. You know? Right.
1: Yeah. I think that's, we've touched on this already in, in, you know, the earlier episodes. It's just like that traditional martial arts. And the, you know, there was a lot of that with, whatever martial art people used to do or whatever, you know, the taekwondo, the karate. And there was, there was always the katas and the different things you had to do and you do them in order. And which I think, you know, in a way lends to that mindset of if, you know, when you get into jujitsu, like you may know about it and stuff, but you don't know exactly what you're getting into. And and you think like, that's why you start to think like, well, eventually I'm going to know all this stuff or I'm going to do this. And like, yeah. You'll take some weird turns for sure.
0: For sure. And I think that people do have that kind of idea, especially with jujitsu. They, as an outside person, not understanding exactly all of what it's about this, I find people like somewhere in like the end of white belt and in the blue belt, they start to understand this concept. Like uh, up till then they're like, they don't get it. Right. Yeah. It's not a thing, but then you start feeling it and you start seeing it in the people you roll with. And then you start feeling it yourself, and you just feel this gravitational pull towards, like, one set of techniques or a concept or another. And um, I think it's just cool to, like, talk about it up front. For anybody that's beginning, like, this this is one of the things that makes jiu-jitsu so cool, or grappling in general, anything.
1: Yeah, I've said this out loud before, just in conversation. Yeah. One of my favorite things is how it's going to become your own thing. And, you know, like I said, like, you're going to learn... We're gonna learn the same things. We're gonna learn, but you, even even within techniques, when you learn them, and at first you're like, okay. Then step two, I put my foot on the hip, mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. Like, you start to realize, well, it, w- this works better for me if I put my foot here, or right. if I do this, and then you know, and then somewhere in there, it dawns on you, like, I'm making this my my own. Right. How about how about this too for you? I remember. I remember for me, but. For you, did, do you, do you often find yourself when you go into phases or the first time you went into that phase where you were like, I can make this my own, did you ever have a conscious decision, I'm going to try to start doing this, or did you have it the other way where you started doing something and you're like, oh, this works for me, I'm going to do this more?
0: I think I had a conscious um, decision to say, I need something to fill this gap. You know what I mean? Like you get into a place or you, you you keep finding yourself in a spot where you're getting pinned or passed or whatever it is, or you just don't have an answer for whatever somebody's doing. And then you go, I need something. Okay. And, and a lot of times for me, that's what I will do is like, I find those holes and then I go and I start trying to seek stuff out. I'll, I'll ask other people, you know, or I'll go online and I'll look for something that just, I don't know, just just strikes me as, oh, that looks interesting or right. different than what I've like it just takes me out of a different mindset to a different place, you know. Hence the worm guard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I just, I had never done that, and and at our gym nobody else does lapel guard really. I mean Rob will do some stuff. Yeah, like yeah. he's done some some lapel things, but not to that. No, intricate. I mean, level. I
1: I know for a fact I definitely don't because sometimes just l- learning basic lapel stuff, I'm like I never use lapels, yeah. but I also I also like. I don't want to say air towards, but like I definitely like gravitate towards no gi techniques. Sure. I think. Yeah. But I need to be better about it when I am in the gi, for mm-hmm. sure.
0: Yeah. Same question to you though. Like what, how, how is it for you? How do you find new stuff? Is it an intentional like seek no, out thing? No, or just...
1: no. I mean, I think that I think your approach to it's really good too. It's a very technical approach to be like, how do I fill this void? But I think like for me, a lot of times it's, it's, offensively like not as much like where am I where, where am I finding myself but like um when I started like leg locking people it mm-hmm. wasn't like intentional um I wasn't like oh this is a fun trend like yeah. I, I just kept finding myself like uh where I could really easily enter into legs. Yeah. And it was just like oh if I can get here this easy and then you know and I think sometimes it looks like oh you know he's trying to go for this or whatever, but like, I just kept finding myself in positions. That's just one example. And I, yeah. and I, so then I was like, well, I better like dust up this right legs. Cause, yeah, yeah. Cause I can, I can get here for sure. So yeah. I want to make sure I can finish from there.
0: I agree with that. Like for sure. There's definitely been, you know, like maybe you see a position or something like for me, it was K guard. Like I just saw that and I was like, well, that's kind of different in me. I don't see anybody else doing it. I'm going to try it. And I, I tried it a few times. like, Oh, that feels good. Yeah. And I can get here pretty easily. Like without too much fuss or, right. or anybody really having too much of an answer for it. And so then you lean into it. You're like, well, I, it fits me and my movement style right. and I can get there. So I might as well play there. That's what I, th- yeah, that's yeah. what I was saying. Like if yeah. you can get to a new area, like. I know for people who go through phases too, like when you start finding your way to people's backs consistently, well, that's when you're going to start developing your back attack game, right? Yeah. I mean, until you can consistently get to somebody's back or get to a certain position, you're not really going to start developing techniques consistently to to form out your style. I right? will
1: intentionally do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I'll be in class or at rolls or open mat and – Just in my own head, I'm like, I'm only going to get to people's backs today. Yeah, I'll do that on purpose to, you know, because, you know, it's good to be able to get there. And also, like, it's it's a higher percentage finishing position, but unless you go there and get there, like, you won't know your options. Yeah, yeah. I'll force myself to do stuff like that sometimes. Yeah,
0: that's a good segue into the next, into one of these next points I had, which is like, talking about the different stages you should be at for like, let's just say jujitsu specifically, as you go through each rank, as far as like your, like when should you develop your style? When should be focusing on those things and stuff? Um, Start out with white belt, right? I mean, what's white belt about white belt to me is about learning movement, basic foundational positions, escaping and controlling positions. Like, so to that point, you're just saying like, that's where you got to put the work in that you have to get to the places before you can really dig into what can I do from these places?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This is like, this is something I feel like you're, excuse me. I think you're, you taught enough classes that you have a good perspective on this. I have less of a perspective except from a student's perspective, but yeah, white belt, you have to learn. I mean, you have to start with the basics. You have to know what things are because you st- you know you take things for granted too at at this point after we've done it for years you forget when there's like they may not even be day one but they're year one or whatever mm-hmm. and they haven't done something or like right, yeah. they don't know like oh I don't know exactly what that is and like you forget like okay that's because that's foundational right but yeah foundational yeah. stuff for sure I think there are times and I've seen examples in fact I think I could be wrong you guys can fact check me but I think one of the people who is allegedly credited for coming up with a buggy choke was a white belt. I yeah. could be wrong. And there's a few. It doesn't surprise There's me. a few legends of where it came from, but um, one of them that has some um, some merit to it says I'm, that it was a white
0: belt, belt. I'm pretty sure it's legitimately came from either a white belt or a blue belt. Right. I don't really think it came from any higher than that. Right. And
1: so so there's, I think that's a positive thing you can say about being a white belt too is, you know, is sometimes being ignorant to the process or, or parts of the process, and, and yeah. this again extends to uh, all sorts of things. Yeah, you know, like whatever other things you like to do. I, I always keep referencing like music or something, but yeah. happy—the old happy mistakes, the Bob Ross yeah. happy mistakes. Like right. sometimes you know you haven't been told you can't do that or right. that doesn't work so you yeah. just do it and then you you might find some really good stuff
0: yeah well in music they have that saying right if it sounds good it is good like right to hell with the theory and stuff right, right. i mean like forget the prescription like if it sounds good to you well it's good right yeah well i mean to to a degree right sure. obviously like there are things you can go off the chain as a white belt doing and that could hurt you or your partner or or you're just going to build bad habits. So, you know, like listen to your coach, but coaches don't ever think like, I can't learn something from this white belt. Like they can show you stuff like a buggy choke comes out of nowhere. You think there's nothing you can do when you're in no danger when you're inside right, control right, on right. top of somebody. You imagine? That's got to be how that happened. Yeah. I mean, and then we <laughs> just is like, well, let's try this. <laughs> you
1: imagine the guy does it and he's like, what is What the happening? hell? Like, what has happened to my <laughs> life in
0: grappling? <laughs> like, this yeah. is where I'm at now. No, but that's a positive thing. So, For so, sure. so, like, it's, it's important to think like, don't get too hung up on like, what's my style or what are my techniques? Like I'm going to be, a heel hook guy or i'm gonna be right. a top game guy like don't don't put yourself in a box right that early in your grappling career that goes
1: for everything you know and just to keep on sports this time like you know that's a i grew up playing a lot of basketball now that, that's yeah. a huge thing in basketball right yeah is the fundamentals right get good at dribbling right get good at just a jump shot right you know yeah. you get those foundations down then then you can add some fancy stuff. Right. But if yeah. you're already good at all the other stuff, you're a good ball handler, like that's a great start. Exactly. I yeah. played
0: soccer, like through my youth and stuff. And it was like, yeah, you work all the foundations, you learn how to handle the ball and, and how to, you know, work with a team. But then at some point, you're going to start gravitating towards am I a defense or am I offense? Am I a striker or am I a goalkeeper? You know, like yeah. you're going to specialize at some point. But as with everything, don't put yourself in that box way early on like that. Just be right. open to, Whatever people show you and just focus on how do I get, what are the positions of grappling? Like yeah. what, are the, what, are the, what are the stops along the route? The major ones I need to know about. That's mount, that's back take. Why yeah. do I want it? Is guard good or bad? I don't know. Figure that one out. You know what right. I mean? Like learn yeah. those things and what their basic use is. Then you can start to fill in from there. Can
1: you remember something you learned early on or as a white belt? that you're like like a eureka moment or something you took with you the whole time or is that too is that too long ago
0: (laughs) um there's there's a i don't want to say like a pass or whatever you'd call it but like getting from half guard and completing the half guard pass to side control okay there's something my judo instructor showed me like way early on i still show people at like where you I, I've showed you I'm sure like where you kind of put the elbow across the opposite side of them on their head and you sort of just like bend their spine around to your mm-hmm. hip okay. kind of parade that I still do that and yeah. it still works. And there will be things like that. How about you? Is there anything that you can remember from early on?
1: Boy, um, probably not, which is why when I asked it, I was like, Oh, that's a tough question. It can be hard to remember. Yeah. back. I mean like, but for me, I mean, for sure basics, like I certainly coming from, only striking sports, and then like kind of traditional American sports like basketball and football yeah. and stuff. Like I certainly never passed a guard or yeah. did any of that. So, yeah, yeah, using I mean, learning to use four limbs, learning to use yeah. like your in feet. coordination with each other. Well, like yeah. passing your example, like using using your foot to, to you know keep the hook, and then windshield wiper to clear the yeah. stuff like that, like. You know, that's kind of generic, but I guess that's
0: it though, is like the things I remember from that I've carried with me are those foundational things. Like how, how do I control side control? I mean, that has been the thing that stuck because that's what you should focus on. That's what we're saying when you're in that realm is just focus on the positional things. How do you stay on somebody's back? Not attack them, not finish. Just how do you stay there once you get there? Yeah. We can work on getting there at some point too. It's just, if I'm there, how do I control it? You know what I mean? Like the whole position before submission idea yeah
1: drills the the drills you know you you do in your classes um i think those are phenomenal for Mm. they're great for everybody but they're definitely great when you're a white belt and like okay you take you take that person's back and you stay there like you just said yeah now switch now you get out of there like stuff like that right some of those task-based games you were doing like that those are so good
0: there's a whole there's a whole Area of science, dedicated sports science to that whole movement and shift, which is probably a whole other episode in its own, but moving on to, okay, so white belt, right? We're saying like fundamental stuff, positions, things like that. Blue belt. Okay. This is where it starts for me, in my view, you can tell me what your thoughts are, but in my view, this is where the, the style development really begins. I view blue belt as kind of like the buffet. All the foods are out there. Right. And what you should be doing right now is trying all of them. Find out what flavors, quote unquote, flavors you like, right? What things just sort of resonate with you, right? Like just like a buffet, like there's some foods I like and I don't like. You're going to like different foods, right? right? But you don't know until you don't, unless you go through a trying things period, right? And to me, Blue Belt is all about that. Like a lot of times people spend the most time at Blue Belt and that's because there's so much shit out there you need to try. Like yeah. you gotta go explore and poke in all the corners and say, what is Worm Guard? What's rubber guard? What's uh what's this K guard somebody said? Do I like it? Um not right now, maybe I will someday. Yeah. You know, or you'll find some things that you're like, ooh, I really like this, or like usually for people, this is kind of that point where they just decide in early on, am I a top game player or am I a bottom player? Right. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Blue
1: belt is Blue belts always been interesting to me. I think it's I think it's one of the most dangerous belts because you in the sense of like at a tournament or something, you're mm. going to come ac- you're going to cr- come across some killers because they've gotten past white belt sure. and they're to that phase where they're trying all sorts of stuff. I also feel like it's a very offensive belt. Yeah. Like as far as, you know, your offense is probably heavier than your defense. Yeah. So like people go at it at blue belt.
0: Yeah. I feel like there's a confidence thing there too. Cause it's like the first rank. I mean, stripes are a yeah. rank, right? But it's the first rank. It's almost like this acceptance of, I know jujitsu now. Like I know something, somebody gave me some recognition to tell me you're doing the right thing. Yeah. So they kind of, you know, there's that confidence. I remember having confidence at that blue belt. Yeah. Like, Oh, let's just go, you know? Right.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I think I have a lot of, I mean, I respect anybody who does this, but that's definitely like the first big one. And I think like I've, Oh, I've seen some nasty blue belt divisions and these guys, like you said, they're trying Mm. all sorts of stuff. They're ripping heel hooks. They're just, they're going at it. And, um, yeah, it's a big one. That's a, that's definitely a big one. I felt, you know, you feel so good when you get there, you're, you know, a stripes, nice and a white belt, a couple stripes is nice. But like you said, that's the first big one and you get that blue belt and that's like, I know we're ready to go.
0: Yeah. I know my wife said that when she got her blue belt, yeah. it was like, I know jujitsu now. Like it's just like, it's the confirmation, you know what yeah. I mean? Up to that yeah. point. So that's kind of why I see it. Like I see, you know, blue belt, that's the time, like I said, just start trying all the things. And then you're going to, then you start getting an idea of what, what do I want to start thinking about going towards? And that, that kind of, to me should be the whole journey of blue belt, right? Purple is where I say, kind of the core of style building happens for me. I know not know your purple belt. Wait, two stripe now, three, something like that. Two something or three. Like yeah. Yeah. This guy shows up like eight days a week out of seven I do. days. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, that's where, like for me, that was where the style building happened. And I've seen other things that kind of correlate with this To Okay. I've tried a lot of things. Now I have some, some techniques and concepts that I know I kind of like, or, I'm a little more aware of my body mechanics, what naturally fits good for me. Yeah. Um, like am I a top player, am I a bottom player? Things like that. Purple belt's kind of where you start the idea of um kind of like linking things together, you know what I mean? Chained attacks. Yeah, they're stuff. not just like individual techniques or, or things. Yeah. They're they they start bleeding like, okay, I do this, and he's either gonna move that way or that way. And I have an answer A or an answer B. Yeah. That's the the real beginning of forming your style that's your own jiu-jitsu,
1: right? And this is a generalization, but therein I think Lies the difference. So like I was saying like bluebells can be a tough tough mm-hmm. division You've got tough people You got people just attacking mm-hmm. and then purple's like a little different because you're getting into You know even in competitions the, it, you know, that's the advanced or yeah. advanced slashed experience and yeah. I think to to a point it can it it can even slow down a bit from just that constant barrage that happens. And right. granted, this is a generalization, but at Blue Belt, that constant this war. Because now there's more intricate attacks. And yeah. usually both opponents are being more intricate. So it's no longer just you know, just the banging. It's just yeah. like there's starting to be some complexity to it. Right. Sure. That's a good point. And yeah. like
0: at that point, your foundations from a white belt through blue belt are so good. They should the foundational stuff should be so good. Like your escapes, your positional controls, they they are on autopilot. So your brain now has more kind of capacity, if you will, to start kind of looking for the finesse of things. Like you said, start changing the details and yeah. seeing. Well, I know Joe does it this way, and he you know says oh, always put your foot there, but like I put my foot here, and it just feels better. Yeah, you know, like yeah. That's when you can start freeing up that mental capacity and put some things on autopilot. So you
1: think that's where, generally speaking, you start to make your jujitsu your jujitsu. I
0: think that's really where it it the journey starts of of kind of the compilation of your uh, your mixtape, if you will. Right, right? like yeah. these are my my things that I hold near and dear to my heart because they're the what works for me that blue belt is like, I'm just trying. I don't know what works. I'm just trying it trying all. Trying everything. Yeah, try everything. Right. And see what works. Purple is a fun, fun spot to be. Yeah, yeah. And you're kind of right in the middle of the rank. So it's like, you're good enough and you can have fun. But at the same time, this is it kind of goes to the expectation of the belt too, right? The rank, whatever you're at, is when there isn't a lot of expectation for you to win or be good, you can be more creative. Like you can try wacky shit. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, you're like, whatever. Yeah. Who cares? I'm also a everyone belt. else is like, that's a purple belt. What do you yeah, expect? Like, yeah. Like whatever, yeah. you know, he just got here anyway. Right. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure like every now and then the blue belts can be like, I got that guy. Did you right. see that? Yeah. Like, cool. Whatever. Yeah. I am just trying stuff, you know, Right. but like when you go beyond that now, there kind of starts to, I mean, maybe it's self-imposed, but there becomes more expectation. That you kind of put on yourself. Let's like, talk about that. I Gotta get there. Because
1: so you you just got your brown belt, mm-hmm. and I mean, they, they don't they don't I mean they they do not hand out belts where we train. So you earned your brown belt and then some. It's taken quite. So, a minute, yeah. but what now? Now you know I've heard, I'm sure you've heard people saying that a brown belt is just a black belt who who hasn't. Oh yeah. Just quite. Been, we've all it's heard just that time, one right, right? Yeah, yeah so so what is it whether self-imposed or not what is it now what is it now
0: so like for brown my vision of it my understanding of the journey of brown is it's just like okay purple you develop that game plan that technique that kind of um roadmap if you will or like the flow chart you hear some people say like if this then that right yeah. you have options and they all kind of circle back yeah. around like by the end of purple you really should have a I'm not going to say it's completely crystal clear, but you should have a f- really fuzzy idea and it should complete. You know what I mean? Like there shouldn't be gaps in it. There mm-hmm. should be everything goes to something else that I know, right? Brown is kind of, okay, now I know what it is. Now I'm going to kind of sharpen that image to crystal clarity. Right. Like, that's the time where you just put it in the pressure cooker and you just let it. Just get really really good. That's so,
1: so is it is it that you're taking what you know, and just applying
0: the intention? Is it, yeah, is that's that kind of it it's, Well, it's kind of because you're getting out of that exploration phase right. to a bit and now that's you, what I
1: mean Now you're intentionally doing a, exactly now yeah. I know
0: that I'm gonna go here and I'm gonna go to that thing next so like I'm gonna hit K guard And if I don't get that I'm going Della Hiva go to the back if not reset, you know what? I mean, right. Like there's things I know where I'm going now I mean you always should keep exploring and be open to new stuff right. always because you never know like oh a buggy choke what the Oh, no, you can
1: be a black belt and you know if you stay stagnant You're just like yeah. I'm done yeah. like you're you're gonna be done when the new purple belt like gets a hold of You know, yeah, what I mean like for sure like so, you can't be stagnant ever right. But
0: at that point I feel like as a brown belt. That's where you need to really start sharpening whatever it is that you say this is my weapon of choice you know, like, I'm a sword guy or, hey, I'm a spear guy. Like, I'm just going to be the best sword guy I can be. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm going to be a killer K-guard, you know, technician. And I'm just going to focus, like, crazy on that. This so, is where I feel like you get that reputation in the gym of, like, Joe is going to De La Hiva that guy, Baron Bolo, get his back, and then rear naked Joe. Right. Oh, look, he just did it. And so
1: in that trajectory, by the time you're a black belt, you're a master of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you ask most blast black belts they are going to tell you, I'm like a master of five things right. maybe, but like those five things, everybody in the gym knows them and everybody knows Bob's going to do that. And there's nothing you can do. It's right. like, and at a black belt level, it's kind of like you've developed and sharpened that core of your style, your techniques so well that it almost looks effortless. Right. It almost looks like it takes no effort or like there's like this magic quality to it. Like how did he just get around that guy fluidly onto his back? Yeah. He's 55 years old. Yeah. Like I can't do that. <laughs> and I'm 23. You know what I mean? It's like there's, there is
1: definitely, I was thinking about this the other day. This is another cliche. That's for me completely true, probably for you as well. But like th- that, the more, you know, um, in jujitsu, like the more experienced, the more you're just mm-hmm. comfortable you try so much less Mm because I certainly feel that way. Like I used to go hard, probably like blue. I mean like white for sure. And like you'd go really hard. Like dude, I mean, I go so silly like right right now. Like just if it feels slow, it feels, and it's just, it's better jujitsu and it yeah. works better. Yeah. You know, see, you're
0: coming out the other side of purple belt. Yeah. And that was, I felt the same thing you? Like coming into it. I was hungry. I was like, Oh, let's go. Let's be silly. Let's go just try whatever wacky stuff I can yeah. find, you know, like yeah. kind of like the tail end of that blue belt, you know, right. try everything right. idea. Now I'm like actually trying other things and I'm like able to put them together with other things that weren't fed to me as like, well, if you are here, go there, they work together. And it
1: feels so much easier. I I honestly, like even like in a, in a practical, tangible sense, I can roll like a whole bunch of rolls. You know, it used to be like, I was going so hard and trying so hard, like three rolls, and you're like, you're dead. Yeah. And now it's like, because you're comfortable and because like, you know, you get in positions and you're like, I'm in no immediate danger. And it's just like, now you can roll for, Right. whole bunch of roles just because you're so comfortable and calm and
0: yeah it's that idea of saying of like the some things can go on autopilot and yeah. you're not you're not so frantically trying to play catch up with whatever right happening you're not using all you.
1: resources to
0: yeah once you start developing a game it means like you can start imp- you can start dictating what happens in a role right right like, you you understand what could happen and you're confident and okay with that. Yeah. And that's that's kinda like that road like ultimately is to Black Belt where it's just this complete like effortlessness of like they don't they don't even look like they're thinking about what they're doing, but it's so lethal and like crazy effective, you know? Yeah. That's kind of that trajectory. But you really don't start feeling that until you're in that mid sort of purple belt range where, I mean, even a lot of blue belts I know still feel kind of frantic. They always feel like they're they're – I'm in escape mode. I have to survive, survive, yeah. survive. Yeah. And it's such a refreshing thing to come to the other side of that and be like, well, I, I know I can be okay. Yeah. I can start playing around and having some fun. Even on your,
1: with your offense, like you're trying so hard for those submissions. Yeah. But like then you realize like you don't have to because now – Like you said, you've got this map like I don't have to try hard because if I do this and then they're they react to it That's what I wanted anyway. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. really interesting though. And it's like fun. You can feel
0: it too. Like yeah Yeah, this is what's so fun about grappling to me. I nerd out all over this. Yeah,
1: that's why we do this podcast
0: So and then I mean like obviously so black belt like that's never the end, right? Like I know a lot of people starting out think I'm gonna get to a black belt and then I'm done like no like so many black belts you talk to are like then I began you know what Isn't I mean? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. 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 It's interesting because in judo, actually, the ranks, uh, the color belt ranks count down to black belt. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, like Roku, uh, Goku, uh, Q, like that's six, five, four. Oh. And then they have three brown belts, which is Sankyu, Nikyu, EQ, which is what I'm at, EQ. And that's three, two, one. And then you and get. And then blast off. And yeah. And then you get your first black belt, which wow. is Shodan. And that's one. And then Nidan, two, you count up through black belt. So. Is that where
1: like third Dan and stuff comes from? Yeah. Third Is that Don. the same thing? Yeah. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah.
0: So like you count down to black belt. And that's kind of like, okay, you're counting down to your proficient. And then it's really kind of seen as that's the beginning. Yeah. Then you're developing from there. And that's why like there's a big difference between. Like, you can't, like, say, well, I'm a judo black belt and I'm going to come into a jiu jitsu setting and I'm just going to destroy. It. Like, and stand up, you will, but, like, in some regards, you won't. Yeah. You know what I mean? And a lot of yeah. times, what do they equip? Like, it's like if you're a judo black belt, you have to, like, fight as a, at least a blue belt in jiu jitsu. Same
1: with if you're, like, an experienced wrestler. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you're, like, really good, you can come in as a blue belt or, yeah. like, get it real quick. Right. Or but. maybe
0: they say you're, like, a purple belt level and stuff. But, like,. And likewise, a black belt in jujitsu is not going to go to judo. And they're going to be like, oh, yeah, you're also a black belt. Like, no, you have stuff to learn to get to what is considered proficient. But it's by no means the end of it. It's it's almost like a beginning. Like, you ask any black belt, they're going to say, dude, after I got my black belt and I, like, I developed my core, like, game and I used it crazy. Then I had to start teaching people. They're like, I found so much more stuff that I had no idea of. You know what I mean? Well, even
1: so, even on the professional scene, right? Like professional grapplers, whatever, like, you know, you'll see some that are, that are prodigies and they're not Mm -hmm. quite black belts yet. But usually for the most part, competitive grappling starts with black belts.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? You're well, I mean, in Nogi these days, it's way earlier.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of Nogi guys that came in as purple and even blues and and they, they're very competitive, but still I would, I would. I would say the majority of high-level competition starts at Black Belt. So, like, it, yeah. even if you're a competitive grappler, really your competitive career is mostly going to... No one cares what you did at Blue Belt. Yeah. You know, not, not in, a fe- in an offensive way, but, like, most of the ranked competition and stuff yeah. is going to be at Black
0: Belt. Right. That's where you're really going to hold on to the majority of your accolades if you're going to, like, go somewhere as yeah. a competitor. But, right. like, Brown Belt, that does matter, too. You sure. know I mean? That, that's, like... um your, your minor league, you know what I mean? Yeah, like kind yeah. of, so yeah. I'm no offense to anybody is yeah. competing. Yeah. I'm obviously not a competitor, so I can't speak yeah, on no, that. But
1: I mean, just, I think, but, but I mean, even th- that plays into what you were saying is like most everything, most the learning, most the high level competition, even if you're not a competitor, right. It's like you've now you're a black belt, but I, I also feel like kind of the world's your oyster now. Like you've gotten through all the ranks and now it's time to like You know, you've, you're a master of some, like you've,
0: you've so much, you can still learn. You've got that like core that you can, that style of your own that you can rely on and you can play and be deadly. And now you can confidently like so much is on autopilot. You always know you can fall back there, but then you can really explore and go really, really crazy with your, your styles and techniques. And what else can I try that I never, and sometimes you come back to stuff like there are so many things. I can't think of a specific one right now, but. That I, I was shown or I tried. I'm like, oh, that's awful. I'm never going to use that. Yeah. But then like, you know, three years later, I come back to I'm like, oh, I like this. Because
1: now. at the phase you were in, you weren't going to use that. Right. So. Or like you
0: couldn't picture where do I fit this right. into to right. what other stuff I do. That's so interesting to me. There's so many times you come back and you're like, oh, I like th- I can use this now. Right. And I like it right. before I hated it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So that I mean, what I think we've kind of covered like obviously the. The belt. I mean, maybe we went too far into the belt progression of stuff. That's an interesting topic it's interesting on its though. own. Yeah. But like, it it is relevant. I feel like to paint a picture for people on that like ten ish year journey of to black belt. Like, when should I think about forming it? Because don't do it too soon and don't wait too long. Is kind of that yeah. idea. You know, there should be this kind of steady ramp up trajectory that kind of gets you to your style, your game, you know? Yeah,
1: and if you're in the, you know, if you're in the comments, if you're watching this on YouTube or something, let us know your experience, your ideas on that. Um, This is by no means painted in, or written in stone, painted oh, in stone. But yeah. uh, it is, I think it is a good generalization. Of course, there's always going to be those Outliers, there's going to be those yeah. blue belts that are professionals. There's going to be everybody has you know, there's gonna be all sorts of stuff. There's gonna be the white belt who comes up with a buggy choke, right? Yeah, but, stuff like yeah. that. Let us know your experiences, though.
0: Let's yeah, let's like let us know what you think. Do you agree with us? Do you think it's like we're way off? Whatever.
1: Yeah, we truly do this because we're interested in it. Like Mike said, we nerd out over this stuff, so we just like to We will be glad to, yeah. we'll be glad to hear your story, too.
0: Um, so let's go back to some more like style specific and deviation stuff, right? So Um, let's talk about like gi versus no gi. Oh my. Do you have, so your style, you're in, in that kind of, you know, midway journey, purple belt area where it's like really starting to kind of piece things together and create this roadmap that connects is the things that you do in gi, are they largely the same things you do in no gi or are they very different games? That's a great
1: great question. For me, and this is this is to my own detriment in the gi, but it also is a positive for my no ghee because you know you know me, and I definitely lean into no ghee. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't hate the ghee. Um, I just everyone has preferences. Some people yeah. like a hybrid of both, um, but I have always used a similar game in gi and no gi and mm. i you know I, th- I think like the one thing that i do in gi is i will get a cross collar grip i really like that in mm. the gi yep. and i use it a lot i use it for sweeps i'm just gonna yep. give it away everyone's gonna beat me now Man, um that's
0: what we do in <laughs> <too>.
1: <laughs> no but uh but also like i never relied heavily on grips in the gi and that is that's the part that's to the detriment of my gi game mm. but um it helps helps me a no-gi because then when there are no gis and I can't rely on cross you know, cross collar chokes right. or a loop choke on you or something, I'm not in trouble because I wasn't doing it anyway. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I think Yeah, that's, so my,
0: my game's very similar in both. I think that's healthy and I'm very much the same way. Like I would say probably you've done more nogi training in your lead up to where you're at than what I did. Leading up to the same spot at purple, like nogi was more recent for me, right? You know, like the submission grappling, it was you, always in the gi.
1: But you, but you still have a similar game in both.
0: Yeah, there are definitely a core of like you know, kind of that middle area of your Venn diagram, right? If we say there's gi, here's nogi, there's that crossover area in the middle that still is applicable. It still works. Um That's interesting because I would, I would,
1: I mean, I know you, but if I had to guess because of your judo background, I would assume that your no gi and gi would be much different.
0: You would think so, right? but like, I still do Kesa I mean, you know, if I'm on top and I pass your guard, probably eight, nine times out of 10, you're gonna end up in a Kesa whether you're wearing a gi or not. Right. But like that works almost to my advantage with the no gi because nobody expects you to do a judo pin when there's no gi involved, right? right. A lot of people are like, no, it's too easy to slip out. But well, your
1: casketomy is not gi-based.
0: so Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's the point is like while you're going about it, I think it's healthy to, to train in both and think about, well, I like this technique, whatever it is, this concept. It fits me. It fits my movements. It's the kind of natural way I think and stuff and what I want to do. How can I, can I make this work both ways? You know what I mean? And a lot of times you'll find it'll make you better at both not worse at one and better at another. Like it will make you yeah, better. at no, both. that I
1: agree with too. Yeah. <sighs> Regardless of my personal preference. I, I agree. I, I mean, I think it's great to do both Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: there, there's always that kind of classic argument from the old school, uh holdout of jujitsu. It's like you have to train in the gi. You must, it will make you better. But like you don't hear too many people say it the other way around. At least I don't, I haven't heard it. Right. You know, like, oh, train no gi. It will make you better in the gi. I think it does because it, it you get, like you said, like less reliant on grips. Like yeah. if I don't, if I don't get the perfect grip I want, well, I know I can still complete whatever my game is without it. Yeah. You, you still have a neck I can grab. Right. You still have a wrist I can grab.
1: Well, that's what I was going to say too, is like, <laughs> you, as you know, I did a lot of your judo classes not wearing a gi. Mm-hmm. So like when you would show stuff, I would have to be like okay well then i'm i can't grab the collar i'm gonna grab you know behind the neck or yeah. what, whatever but yeah no i so i i can agree with both of those like if you're a no gi gym and that's all you do like i'm not gonna be like oh dude you're you're missing out like yeah. it's fine yeah. but but i do think that doing both can benefit
0: both yeah i mean it kind of depends on what your end game is right like what's your what's your goal if you're a competitor focus. Right. I mean, you got to focus on what you're at. I, I I've heard so many people say like they'll do like seasons for com- competition. They'll be like, okay, I'm going through a three month season of gi stuff and then I'm going to take a two months camp and then I'm going to go another three month season of no gi stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just to get in the same mode and be sharp yeah. in that arena. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. But like if you're a hobbyist or you're just doing this for fun, self-defense, or you're just like a nerd like me who just I just really like finding cool stuff that links in weird ways that other people haven't thought. It's really fun to do both and play that. So, you know, take, take what you want with it for sure. But um, so some other things like differentiations. Um, So let's talk about, um, okay. So like body, like your physical attributes or like your body type, like how does that influence what techniques that you gravitate to form your style? Should it? That's another question. Too. I think it should. Yeah. I mean,
1: <laughs> I mean, I think there's people who y- you see, you see competitors at least if you watch jujitsu who have certain things that definitely play into their game. Like you see guys like Mikey Musumichi, right? He's got mm-hmm. really short legs and he plays like he has short legs. Like, yeah, get some leads into that or yeah. guys with super long arms. Like Whatever, like I think there's you'll, but I think it'll happen naturally. I don't think your coach will be like, "Listen, bro, you've got really short legs." Yeah, but I think I think it'll happen naturally. Um, I also like my first thought was the classic like, "Oh, well, size doesn't matter." And Jujay said, "Well, it certainly does." Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, which is why there's weight classes and wrestling and jujitsu. jitsu right. And but uh, that being said, I also think like there's space for anybody. Totally. You know what I mean? You don't have to go in being an athlete or.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What, I mean, what are your thoughts on that?
0: I mean, so naturally, I'm a big guy. As you can see, if you're watching this, if you're not watching this, I'm I'm a big guy. Um, anybody in our gym will tell you, oh, that's a big guy. Right. And as the big guy, you're kind of expected to be the top game player, or the smash guy. Right. The like nobody expects the big guy to sit guard and start playing leg lock game yeah that's a fun trick you know yeah um and i think early on i leaned into that of course i had judo as as my main thing to start with so obviously pinning and top game was huge in that um but like i'm a big guy and so i played as a big guy most of my game all the way up to purple belt was just i play top like i'm gonna get on top i'm gonna pass your guard i'm gonna squish you i'm gonna submit you right that was just it um And that worked like, obviously it fit good to my body style. Like I'm just have broad shoulders. I have, you know, I'm just a little bit stockier. Like I'm not super tall and gangly. I'm just sort of just solid. You know what I mean? So when I plant myself, I can just plant and just kind of pin you into a spot. Yeah. But it leads, if you focus too hard in and kind of put those self constraints on yourself, you know, like. Well, I'm a big guy so I can't play guard. There I shouldn't sit down or, or my guard game is I can't play guard. I'm too inflexible. It kind of can steer you way away from things that otherwise would would be really good fit for you. Right. Just because it, like you don't see other people doing it doesn't mean like you can't do it. So for me that was like in Purple Bell I was like I want to start developing a guard game. Yeah. Why not? What else do I got to lose? I got I got this hole, like I've got a whole bunch of stuff that fits. But then there's this whole big gap that there's nothing, and I said, "Well, K guard looks interesting. Yeah, who in their right mind would think like me at 280 pounds is like, oh yeah, that guy's gonna pull K guard on no, me? No, that's
1: a cool thing to have in your repertoire, right there.
0: But it's a great surprise element too to Absolutely. people, like wild card. Like, is this guy gonna pull a buggy choke on me? Right. I'm not. I don't. There's too much in right. the way. But they like, don't know that though. Maybe you know, maybe. like if you keep people guessing. The Point is just like. Don't tell yourself, like, I can never do that thing just because of my body type. But right. at the same time, as a coach, sometimes you have to help people early on where you're like, like, you see somebody who's, like, got, like you said, short legs or something like that and is, like, very flexible. Like, they can fold in half right. easily. And they're right. trying to play top game and pin people who are otherwise a little bit bigger than them. You're like, cool. <laughs> yeah. But, bro, sit down. Play, the, bottom, yeah. play the guard. You yeah. know, find a guard game you like and play that. Like, cause I can, I know you're going to have a little bit quicker taste of success. You know what I mean? Right,
1: right. But, well, that's what coaches, I mean, a good coach will, will guide you, you yeah. know, they won't tell you what to do. They won't, that whole conversation we had in episode two, but they will guide you where it's needed. And that's what a good coach,
0: right? A good do. coach should help you. Find those things, those gaps that you have, even yeah. if you can't see them yourself, and just give some suggestions. And that can come not to like, "Hey, I need you to start working on Delahiba. like, or "I need you to start working your single X game. Like, maybe it's that specific, but usually it's like, "Hey, I see you here, but you don't have an answer. Explore something there. See you know, what you
1: like." Side note: because we we mentioned Wormguard for people who are interested, and in we were talking about mm-hmm. you can look up Keenan Cornelius. When you got into K guard at Purple Belt, is that Lachlan Giles? Is that oh who got yeah, you into it? yeah,
0: okay. Lachlan Giles. So
1: there you go. I'm sure you guys have heard of Lachlan, well known yeah. Australian mate. But he um, took
0: that K guard and he like ran through 20, 2019 ADCC uh, in the Absolutes. the absolutes. Yeah, he, he was he's a little dude and he was just taking down giants. Yeah, he
1: he eventually he eventually only lost to Gordon Ryan. Gordon Ryan, who yeah. you know everybody knows. So that was, yeah, that was crazy. If yeah. you haven't seen that run or you're interested in K-Guard, it's a simple lookup. Lachlan makes tons of great content, a lot of free stuff on YouTube. Yeah. And he's got um, his own resource. Uh, what's
0: it called? Submeta. Submeta. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's one we'll probably talk about down we will. the road when we get to like what's good online episode. content. Yeah, we definitely will. Um, let's but, see. Do I have anything else on here? We'll see. Body type. Uh, oh, Oh, okay. So like I mean, I guess we kind of touched on it a little bit, but it's like how has your game changed over the course of grappling so far? Like, do you have any notable milestones along the journey where like, oh well that was when I started doing this and then it changed everything? I don't
1: have I don't have like a eureka moment. I think like I um I'm the type of person who I really like you, like I nerd out over jujitsu and I, I got very, I just got very into like looking everywhere right for jujitsu, learning everything I could take. So I think it was more of, um, it was just kind of like, you know, a gradual, uh, growth. I don't think there was any real big moments There was never a moment where I was like, Oh, this move changes everything. Or, yeah. or, I got to start doing this. It was just kind of like, I guess in in a way I was lucky that it was just very organic. Um,
0: was there anything like you found a certain like technique or, or maybe a a strategy that opened up a new area? Like you, like we were saying like, Oh, now I can get to the back. And so, yeah,
1: for sure. Like, like, um, this is, this is, it isn't even anything super complicated, but, um, I think my, my de la Hiva guard Mm -hmm. changed a lot of things like i wasn't doing that early on so i probably wasn't doing that till blue belt and 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 again i wasn't i wasn't even doing it because of anything like wasn't even like oh i saw gordon do this or whatever it was like i saw somebody do it and i was like oh i end up there sometimes like naturally i i wrap my leg and put it on you know and and I was like, oh, that's called De La Hiva. It wasn't like I should try De La Hiva. It's like, oh, this thing I end up in sometimes right. is De La Hiva. So then I kind of embraced that and I just found um I guess that opened up a lot of doors to both leg entries mm-hmm. for, for leg locks and yep. a lot of sweeps, a lot of, you know, a lot of sweeps into leg locks and yep. stuff. And and it was just out of um not so much discovering De La Hiva, but finding
0: out, oh, that is a thing. There's a thing from this place there's I find a thing, myself. Yeah, in. there's yeah. a
1: thing. There's a name for this thing I'm doing. Right. I'm, you know, and then when you feel like, oh, I'm legitimized, I am doing a thing, right. Like, then I was, then I embraced it a lot more and found a lot of success. You under dig that. in yeah. and you go
0: explore it to its fullest and See what can I, how much juice can I squeeze in? For out of sure. Thing. What about you? Same. De La Hiva, for sure was a big one for me, um, especially in, like I said, going from, Being the top player, which I got really good at and can consistently just, you know, dominate people to now I can I can surprise people from the bottom. Yeah, I I would get to those positions and I'm like, there's got to be something here. And then I saw De La Hiva. I'm like, I could do that. Like, I'm already really close. So if I try it, maybe it'll work. And you try it and obviously nothing just is like, boom, I have it. I'm an expert, but you try it and it's like, well, that feels good. I can see myself doing that. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like it's a forced, like I've really got to strain myself to do this thing. And I had the same with K guard. Like as soon as I started dipping underneath that leg and dropping my knee to the inside for K guard, I was like, Oh, I'm hooked.
1: Yeah. That was another one that like you and I trained a lot of K guard together. And it was like, it was another one where like, I'm sure for you too, you were kind of there at different points Mm -hmm. where you were like trying to kind of half invert under someone's leg, like you kind of been there. But then when you realize, Oh, it's a whole thing. Right. And Lachlan is, is a master. So like once you learn more about it, you're like, Oh, this is great. That's part of
0: the fun part of, of doing that, developing your style and like finding a hole and like leaning into it is just like, just really getting to nerd out into something to really just explore something new. And to me, like that's what makes it fun and fresh. I mean, it's not like jujitsu is just like, always oh, show up and we always drill the same you know 50 techniques every day and you know we're gonna cycle around like i can just come back or i can just get lost into worm guard for two months
1: i think you know and i we, we've said this without saying it but i think the eureka moment that we're trying to put our finger on is kind of whether it's k guard or worm guard or de la Hiva. it's that for so long as like a white belt into blue belt and everything you're taught Full guard, half guard, quarter guard, whatever. And it's very, but then when you start to realize there's other strange guards to explore, yeah, that opens up so much more opportunity for offense and movement and sweeps that just, just playing with a new guard
0: opens up a whole new door. For sure. Yeah, definitely agree with that a hundred percent. And it's one of those things like we kind of touched on in the early days of white belt, like, maybe don't go down those rabbit holes then. Cause like we, we go down those rabbit holes. Like when we discovered K guard kind of together and we're like really going into it it was fine I could explore that because I always knew I could fall back on my clothes guard right or I could fall back on you know half guard or whatever I needed to right. because that was already okay right like so it's it's kind of like this this building kind of keep stacking things on it you know don't don't just pick something way off in left field right and go I'm gonna do this but I have no idea how it relates back to anything
1: right I have no safety net no yeah like no fundamentals kind of
0: like take things and then like find tangencies and then follow dig into those and then and find other tangencies eventually you'll find something of like you get far enough down the chain and you're like oh this connects back to there yeah and that's I, and like maybe you didn't even see it in whatever instructional or whatever somebody showed you like i've shown people a lot of different techniques and how i connect them but sometimes i show something to somebody and they're like oh that connects back over here i'm like yeah i didn't even think of that but <laughs> right. it works
1: for you this is the overarching subject of this very episode isn't yeah. it and that is how you'll find your personal style I think is it's like it is. exactly what you just said it's not trying to force anything it's not skipping steps it's you're going to get even if you're like right now you're like I've never done K-garvel well, m- maybe don't worry about it like unless you feel like oh I feel good about my fundamentals I want to see something new and if that's the case then maybe you'll be like oh that does connect to what I was doing that that does go back yeah you know and that's I think that is how you kind of, I mean, you accidentally create your own style. Right. I mean, it's intentional cause you're, you're training, yeah. you know, you've got an open mind, you're a good training partner, all that stuff. But the unintentional part is like the things you find that are going to yeah. work for you. There
0: and- is that intangible aspect of like, you don't know, like your roadmap's going to be different than mine. It's kind of like plunking down in a river in a kayak. Like you're going to be presented with, do I go left or right here? Well, that way looks fun. I'm going to go that way. Right. I'm going to end up in a different place than you did, you know, but like there are some choices you just, it's those choices are just like we do with anything else in life. Like what are your likes and dislikes? Where do those come from? That's probably something to talk about with like Vince, somebody who's (laughs) way more better. psychological. like logical. We are going to have some
1: guests on in some upcoming episodes. We're getting a longer and longer list. In fact.
0: Yeah. I mean, hopefully we can turn this into maybe a little bit more regular. I mean, right now we're committed to kind of every other week, but yeah well we had
1: the holidays hope everyone had great great New Year's great Christmas all that stuff yeah but um yeah we're gonna try to bring you some more episodes have some have some
0: guests on coming soon we're already making plans for how we can rearrange the production and stuff to include a third person yeah uh,
1: yeah and if we if we get a sponsor then we can it'll be easier to rearrange
0: yeah it will be yeah (laughs) just sure. throwing that out there yeah just in you, case. Know, you know whatever yeah do well, that
1: what you will <laughs> <laughs> well we th- we thank you guys for listening as usual uh, of course they can catch this on spotify, spotify youtube
0: anywhere you find podcasts yeah pretty much anywhere yeah. so
1: thanks for hanging out with uh, me ryan
0: like share subscribe comment all that stuff helps us out and does gives us some stuff to uh follow up with in other episodes we get oh, some good yeah. questions and comments like Let's just you know bring them up in the following episode. I want to get a
1: whole bunch of questions, and yeah. we'll just do
0: a Q and A Q&A session as yeah, well. Yeah, tell us what we
1: missed. Yeah, Flex well, as usual, thanks for being here on the hold. We'll see you soon.